Hello, everyone. It is Ann Duffy, and this is the Dental Entrepreneur Podcast, The Future of Dentistry. Thank you for being here. I'm so glad to have you this afternoon, and it's so nice to have my guest with me. He, I've known him for, oh, I guess a little, a little over a year, and I'm so impressed with him because he has gone from dentistry to venture capitalist, and he's got such a great um, pedigree behind him. And so we're going to share him with all of you. He is on our cover of the uh, autumn edition of Dental Entrepreneur, the Future of Dentistry. And we just squeezed that thing out before winter starts. But wait till you read his article. I hope that you'll read this issue cover to cover. Let me tell you a little bit about him before we get started. Jeremy's a general, general dentist with a combined business background. He is the managing partner of Revere Partners, the first independent venture capital fund focused on oral health, and Rise Health, the only inclusion-driven venture capital fund focused on oral health. Jeremy previously built out the Barchester Bay Group, a portfolio consisting of over 35 ventures. He has held key operator roles as startups, including head of marketing and chief dental officer at Simplify, based in New York City, and the chief marketing officer of Verena Solutions, based in Chicago. He oversaw provider and clinical growth initiation at Quip, the oral health and subscription electric toothbrush company, and strategic provider innovation and development at Oscar Health, which had an IPO in 2021. Jeremy has practiced general dentistry part-time for nearly a decade following his DMD at Tufts, one of my favorite all-time dental schools, sits on the boards of healthcare and dental startups and is an angel investor in approximately 30 companies. Jeremy has an 18 plus year proven track record with startups through several successful multi-million dollar fund fundraises and acquisitions. Please help me welcome the amazing Dr. Jeremy Crowell. Hello, Jeremy. Hi, Ann. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Appreciate your, your partnership. My, I can't believe it seems like five years we know each other already uh, and, and working with you and all the synergies that we have, the collaborative networks that we're both a part of, seeing you on the road so many times. And of course, the, uh, the wonderful fall cover uh, edition and article that, that you did for us. So it's a pleasure to be here and happy to, to talk more. Well, thank you so much. Well, I remember the first time I met you, I'm thinking, oh, Kai, is, you're, you're a dentist and yet you're running a venture capital firm, which is just so incredible that your mind works that way. Um, what, whatever, what made you want to start down that route? Because you practiced dentistry for 18 years. So tell me what you have. You always been interested in numbers. So I've actually practiced dentistry for the last decade, but I've been involved in startups for 18 years. Oh, so okay. I started in startups. I had that startup itch before I came into the dental profession. So I started in tech. I had some exits in web and, web and graphic design and luxury goods and commodity services. Uh, I then ran an incubator for five years. Then I went to health tech at Oscar Health Insurance, heading up strategic provider innovations and development. Then I went to dental tech at Quip. Uh, heading up the professional side of um, of, of the Quip business, uh, and then into oral tech investing. So I sort of transitioned from tech to health tech to oral tech to oral tech investing. So I really grew and continued to scratch that itch before I began in the profession. And once I came into the profession, sort of deepened my tech focus in dentistry specifically. 
Well, wait a minute. Did you go? To, now I'm, did you go to dental school after you were involved in tech? I started in tech before I went to dental school. Okay, so I, you know, I missed that part, Jeremy. When the first time we talked, I thought you were in dental school and then you got into tech. So that's really cool. Well, what made you want to go to dental school? Yeah, you know, so I think it, you know, it sort of has proved out in terms of forming Revere Partners in order to really profoundly, you know, certainly create a venture fund, you know, and being the first venture fund in oral health, there were three things that you, you know, really had to be true. You need to know the data. In other words, how does this, how do oral tech startups perform in, in this industry, right? Um, you, you know, nobody knows that. There was, there's no, wasn't reliable or accurate data from PitchBook. You find startups having to, you know, sort of negotiate back and forth with investors, mark to marking against other, you know, verticals in their startups. So putting together the data was one piece. The second piece in it was the relationships. I've spent over 10 years getting to just know the people, right? Showing up and, you know, meeting them and understanding where they're succeeding and uh, understanding what their challenges are and tracking them from one job position to the next, right? It's the people. Uh, and then the third piece of it is really being able to be bilingual, right? To talk the dental clinical talk and also be able to talk the business talk, right? Hence kind of my MBA and, and startup background. So in, in order, I felt in order to kind of, you know, ultimately arc towards investing in the niche space and having a foothold in that space, you needed to be able to, that was predicated by, you know, the success in those three areas. So had I not gone to dental school, right, I probably, you know, wouldn't have gotten the clinical piece. I, I probably wouldn't have, um, you know, networked at, at least with some of my more clinical contacts, right? And I wouldn't have necessarily under, understood the startups in the database from their clinical, you know, sense, right? So I would have been missing sort of half the puzzle, right? Or at least it would be gray or fuzzy. Uh, and so that that really is the reason that, you know, I combined it. And look, this is a self-regulatory industry. It has been for a long time being recognized as, you know, part of it and, and self, um, you know, versus uh, out an outsider, um, I think is, is, is really important. Uh, and, and so that's, that's really the, the decision making behind my um, academic and professional career decisions to date. Oh my gosh, you must be very futuristic because to have those kind of goals and to realize what you, I mean, that just, you just, you went up in my estimation, like so high, because I mean, I, I think that's so cool that you were actually in the space of tech and startups and all of that before you went to dental school, because it gives you the uh, gravitas to be able to like really grasp onto what you're really good at and then take the, the next piece, which is dental school, to give you the, the lingo and the community uh, that is actually authentic. Um, it's, it's interesting, Jeremy, because when I started with Dental Entrepreneur, um, the gentleman that started it had no dental background. He was an editor and a journalist. And so he, three years in, decided he didn't want to even be involved in it anymore. And so that's when I bought it from him because I was in dental hygiene and I had the dental background. You're right. It is that, that is really our profession and um, just very, uh, very futuristic for you to think about it like that, that that's something that you needed to put in your toolbox to be really good and be in the space because you're the only one in the oral uh, space or oral tech space. It's amazing how it's been. Um, no wonder the innovative uh, pr uh, process has been a little slow to come over the years. Um, wow, that's really cool. And so you and Dave got together and he's your partner and he's um, all business 
and you've got both, you wear both hats. How did that come about? Yeah, that's right. Dave and I met um, at, at when I was sitting on the board of a startup and he was the CFO of that startup. And we both enjoyed working together, but also encountered this very challenge in that it's difficult for founders to raise capital in, in dental. Uh, because there, there's just no centralized VC fund, uh, you know, that's there. And so, you know, Dave also brings to the table, uh, you know, a, a pretty profound background in finance. He had a 10 year career, you know, here career history at Bridgewater Associates, the global macro hedge fund based out of Connecticut. Um, and then, you know, has been a multiple time startup founder um, and, and even, you know, a couple of uh, IPOs under his belt as well. So, um, you know, bringing together his background in in finance and in and in uh, raising capital and managing capital and um, you know and in and in my from my perspective the startup and the clinical side uh, you know having also raised capital managed capital made money for investors it kind of it, it, the two of us together felt we really had the skill set if only we could have you know and then we went to build the data the team the uh, you know and so on. Yeah, I was so impressed with you guys that when you started and decided on this, you know, you really spent a lot of time researching. It wasn't like you just jumped in and said, okay, we're going to do this. You like you spent, you know, a year and a half just researching what you would need and how this would happen. And I think that would give anybody that's listening to this, that's looking for fun fundraising, you know, great confidence in the ability that you guys have together as a team. Yeah, I think that, you know, look, the, the thing we'd want to start up to hear and know is that we're going to get it. Right. Yeah. You don't need to spend 80% of your pitch deck educating us on what is oral health. We get it. Right. Uh, you don't have to defend, you know, in sort of an adversarial way the arc of growth that's expected of a company like this or the challenges you may face because we get it. Right. Uh, th that, that's really the idea for us to be promoting oral health, right? Uh, improving oral health through advancements in science and technology. And it's been slow to come. I mean, what do you? What are the new trends that you're seeing in oral health for both investors and startups? Yeah, so you know, certainly on the you know uh, for both you know areas of interest or some of these big problem areas. Um, so one of them is revenue cycle management, right? Uh, the ability for a practice to you know simply be able to understand where it stands from a financial sense in close to real time, uh, even in you know sort of the short term. Uh, much less the long term, um, you know, for for them to be able to, um, uh, you know, respond to that in in a way that is you know data driven, right? So we break this area into four buckets: payments, uh, patient financing, rev, uh, and we break it further into claims processing uh, and into insurance verification. Those four buckets, right? And so we've been active investing in supporting startups in those buckets and really trying to get them to synergistically speak to one another, right? Um, there need to be products that are centralized, uh, you know, so that the practice can make sense of, right? Can reconcile at the end of the day, uh, and be able to, you know, really track how they're doing right in the current world. You have a patient that can pay three ways, right? They might pay through insurance. They might pay out of pocket. They might pay through financing. You know, you, the practice has one bill, right? It, it, it wants to get paid some, some total, uh, you know, but it's coming from three different sources. So there needs to be technology to intermediate, you know, that problem. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's a tough one. The consumers have demands that they want met. 
right? They pay in certain ways in other verticals, tapping and texting and Apple Pay and Google Wallet, right? They don't want carbon copies of their credit card and writing paper checks and, you know, payment processors that look like they're ripped out of the back of a taxi cab, you know, kind of in front of them in, you know, what they're now viewing as retail healthcare. Uh, so yes. you know, they have to meet the consumer demand while bringing the practice, you know, as well, the, the things that it needs. Uh, and on the practice side, you know, I think, you know, to my, and to my professional colleagues, I think some of us don't even know what we don't know, right? You need to be asking questions there where, you know, am I, is there point shaving going on? Meaning, am I getting charged credit card present, not present transaction fees? How do my patients pay? Do they pay by debit card? You know, do they pay by credit card? Where am I losing points based on the practice management system I'm using and the merchant processing fees, right? Because pretty quickly you could see, you know, with the fees that are out there, about 5% of top line revenue walk right out your door, um, you know, and so- and they have no idea, right? They have yeah. no idea. That's where you guys come in also. So you do a lot more than just- uh, you know, with new products and you're, you're like helping even like the, the, the practices and building and scaling the practices and the DSO as well. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. So we, you know, we work with the practice insofar as they are the end user of a lot of this technology, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, the way in which your end user is going to adopt and, and use your, you know, the technology is very critically important to the way that we invest, right? Um, you know, we say internally at the VC fund, you know, we're willing to sometimes take a little bit of product risk, right? Because it's, you know, fairly, I don't want to say trivial, but you can hire really smart, you know, people, engineers, specialists to build a product, right? And execute over time. It, it is, you know, it's extremely difficult to try to predict the pattern of wind in the market, right? So we, we want to really, you know, we're willing to take a little bit of product risk, you know, a little bit less market risk. Uh, so one way to control that market risk, that downside risk is to really validate it against the, you know, the practices, which are the end users, the DSOs, you know, that, that often are commonly the first adopters of, of, of some of this technology. Uh, and so that, that work with the practice side and why our team and our investor base have so many, you know, clinicians, or at least part, in part clinicians, uh, is, is for that reason to really envision something that actually works in the market that, that is actually, you know, there's a demand for and a willingness to pay for in the market. Wow. That's really cool. So you, the, the research continues and continues, right? I mean, that's why, you know, you, you need the experts, I mean, to, to be able to, to understand what, what, what would work in our arena of dentistry and then who's going to buy it because it is a small, is it's, it's a very small circle. And, um, and it's just so smart for, for them to use someone like you and Revere Partners because you know the ins and outs of this, this profession and they won't be throwing money away. I mean, how often do you see young uh, innovators or people that are trying to launch something have, have just thrown so much money down the drain because they didn't use an expert um, in the field like you knowing both sides of the, of the coin? Yeah. I mean, you know, often, right. We see people making, there's all kinds of pitfalls out there. There's all kinds of mistakes. Right. And I, and I will not, you know, go as far as to say that a startup isn't going to make mistakes just because we're involved. Right. Many of them are doing things that are inventive, totally new. Some of them are doing things that are innovative, you know, doing something existing better. They're trailblazing. Right. Um, and we you know, need that. We need that. Right. We, we do. We need it. That's how we push forward as an industry and as a profession. But, you know, part of that is part of that trailblazing process. Is sometimes you do trip and fall. Yeah. You know, that said, when you're working with, 
you know, a strategic experienced, you know, set of investors, advisors, team members to your business, you're just, you reduce the likelihood of, of those trips in general. Uh, and you, you certainly reduce the likelihood of the ones that, you know, are really, you know, dropping off the side of a cliff, right. Versus falling and scraping your knee. Um, and so that, that's really kind of the level of, of, of work that, you know, we hope to do with them. Well, and, so and yeah, it, it is always, you know, you mentioned before, and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an ongoing learning experience, right? Not just for the startup, but for the investor, because the market demands change, right? Mm -hmm. The trends change, uh, the demands change, right? The technology of yesterday that's overdue does have to be met. The technology of today, you know, that people want has to be, you know, currently worked on and delivered. And then we also have to be predicting, you know, two years, five years down the, the pipe. What is it that they're going to want then? Let's start building that now. And, and, and that's why you have to work with someone that's experienced because, you you know, the slower you come to market, the more um, opportunity that it is that it's obsolete, right? So you've already missed your opportunity, that window for you to get it into the hands of people that are going to use it and buy it and build it and help you scale it, right? Because yeah, not obsolete, you know, that's right. If not obsolete, you know, then, you know, sometimes it goes to the level of um, commoditized, mm -hmm. right? You know. 40, 50 aligner companies, 43D printers out there, right? Um, you know, those that are coming into the market and, you know, saying that they're, you know, aligner material, and I'm not saying that there are no innovative or inventive ones, but it's it's much more rare, right? Because they've, they've been reproduced so many times now, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, you look at, you know, technology that's sort of a no-brainer, right? which is say, you know, those patient engagement platforms that are conversion rate optimizers on websites, right? It, you should know that you need a website. You should know that you should be driving marketing to that website. You should know that if your marketing is driving traction to your website, you should have something to convert it like chat, right? Yet some of the profession, you know, doesn't have a website or is not driving marketing effectively uh, or is not converting those that they do drive, right? So, you know, that's sort of, technology of yesterday, right? It's still a very viable business, right? But technology of quote unquote yesterday, today, right? AI, all the rage is around AI. Uh, you know, everybody's looking for um, the latest and, and, and greatest uh, yeah. in, in, in AI. And they're just trying to understand which one should I pick? Which one's better? Which one integrates into my practice? Which one, you know, has the business model that's compatible with me, right? And then, you know, technology of tomorrow. What about robotics? Where does that fit in? Is there a role for a robot in my practice? Can I trust that thing? What will what will it be doing exactly? Right? You know, give me that education. So, you know, it's this type of thought process, you know, that we take to everything that we see. Wow. There's so much to learn here and it's just ongoing. It's exciting. You get excited. You're lighting up right now. I just love it. It's so neat. So, and how does well, how has have Revere and Rise performed in light of this market right now that we're in? Um, have you seen like coming out of COVID and you got, you just started this company two years ago? Yeah, th we're about three years old. Okay. Um, and so, you know, look from the investor perspective, especially, you know, it's a, it's a great time to be investing in technology. We're seeing a huge uptick in investors, knock on wood, right? You know, effectively, you know, startups want to hustle in capital before, you know, we're declared a recession. Uh, you know, they want to raise, you know, rounds with slightly lower valuation caps or with discounts or with higher interest, you know, terms that are really favorable is what we're seeing right now. And so investors are, it's peaking investors interest. Now is a great time to get involved. And then, you know, the fund, we kind of mark our books quarterly and we measure on this metric called IRR or internal rate of return. 
And you know, our, our IRR for Q2 was 31.7% and for Q3 was 39.95%. Wow. It's extremely high. We sit about 54, 55% above the S&P. Right. Um, you know, so a lot of people look at the private equity side of the world and, you know, they look at, uh, you know, 14 turns on EBITDA uh, in the last couple of years um, and beyond. And, you know, look, the, the tech side of the world, you know, is is correlated and is performing extremely highly. And if you want to be, you know, sort of diversified within dental, then you should be looking on, you know, both the practice side as well as the technology side. Right. We shouldn't as a dentist, this was kind of part of our founding thesis. It's not just, um, it, you know, the, the practice itself, right? The, the walls, the roof, the roster that we should be obsessed with. It's also the um, it's really also the, the stuff inside of the practice, mm -hmm. right? That you can a piece of ownership of. Right. And so that is really what comprises Revere. And that's how we've performed. And, and I think it's, um, you know, a strong opportunity uh, for folks to consider these days. Yeah, it's it's really attractive if you're if you're looking for something like this and investing in and this is the time, right? And I and I think you know you ask, you know, why would somebody the an investor or startup go through eco, an ecosystem like you're building at Revere? What's the difference between going through that ecosystem and and say Uncle Charlie down the road? Yeah, you know, look, the real benefit is uh you know, the these startup specific services that we have for dentistry, right? Our ecosystem supports startups. We have two different teams, you know, one that is active with the management of the startup, one that is active with, you know, sort of the more, um, you know, financial reporting side of the startup, making sure that we're liaising with that startup and, and that they're doing well and that we're proactively catching challenges and helping them and supporting them. And we have this digital ecosystem, a physical space where, um, you know, or that virtually exists, right? That we have about 40 different support services to help those startups be successful, right? The performance of our fund is based on the performance of our startups, right? So we have everything from practice management system integrations in there to CoVC partnerships to uh, DSO partnerships, a variety of other, you know, dental specific services that can really help, uh, really help the firm grow in, in this, you know, particular sector. Well, and you, they say that, you know, the, the, the hardest part of a startup is uh, getting enough cash to get it going and keep it going and get that momentum. And they, they, most of them fail because they don't have the, the, the funds to take them to the next level. And the other thing that strikes me about you guys, you and Dave and Revere, is that you know everybody. And so the, the you know, the answer's in the room, right? The answer's in the room. When you look at you guys coming, now I understand why you go to all the conferences, why you network and know everybody in the industry, because, you know, you may not know it, but you'll know somebody that does know it. And you're in, that again, that ecosystem of dentistry and business together, which is just, a, it's, it's a brotherhood. It's a sisterhood uh, of our industry, because we, it, it, we do tend to, like, um, keep that circle I don't want to say it's closed off, but it really thrives within the the ecosystem of dentistry. And it's 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 very powerful on your end to have thought that through when you were a young man, um, you know, just seeing that there's this opportunity and then the love you have for dentistry and how you, you know, it it's not gonna, it's so helpful to have someone like you that can understand this and actually get some of these innovations up and running and being successful. I, I just thank you for that because that's the hard part and that's only going to make our profession better. 
Yeah, well, I very much appreciate you saying that. One thing is clear from our journey to this point, it's all about people. Mm-hmm. It is all about the relationships uh, that's in the startups that we're looking at. It's in the team that we're building. It's in the investors that we bring on. It's in the commercial partners that we and our startups partner with. It's all about the people, right? That's a very relationship-driven business. Uh, one thing we've been successful at is getting people from around this industry to sit down at a table where some of those folks would not ordinarily sit down at a table, right? Folks that are on, you know, opposite, you know, competitive sides, uh, folks that uh, are unfriendly for whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. And are not as, you know, used to uh, collaboration or at least cooperation, right? As 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 we put it. Uh, folks that are worried about antitrust. How could I sit down and, you know, would there be the appearance of, you know, impropriety if I did that? Um, you know, we've been very, very good at getting people from around the industry to sit down because, you know, we have to know what we don't know, right? We, we need to bring in the experts. Um, and so, you know, when we look at a startup, you know, we're not just looking at it clinically. We're not just looking at it financially. We're not just looking at it science and technology, right? We're also looking at, you know, will it be distributable? You know, will it be manufacturable? Will it be, right? We're bringing in the perspectives from around the industry to really be able to say, you know, is is this something that we can adequately support that we see being, you know, a, a large success within dentistry? And then when you say go and you're with you guys, it's like, okay, we're all going together. That's what I love about it because you know your your main goal is to keep everyone that comes to you uh, on the success the success path to uh, m- you know making money and 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 you know calling it a, at the end of the day then they gave back to the profession and they they fulfilled their lifelong dream of having a business maybe having it go public um, having those funds grow and um, and really impacting the world really because dentistry is, um, you know, when I think about the innovation with dentistry, man, I feel like we're just getting started. There's so much activity and so much opportunity for, for all of us. And for all those innovators out there, don't lose heart, uh, call Jeremy, call Dave, go to Revere, get some funding, get some expert advice. That's the key. And then, and then see how you can collaborate with others, the other good people in the industry. Cause we always say good people find good people, and you're one of them, Jeremy. You are you are a really cool, and I'm you know you're obviously a dude because I know that you're you support women in dentistry, and that's what a dude is. Everybody that you're doing dental dental entrepreneur woman, a dude is a guy, a man that supports women in dentistry, and I I love that because Rise is really very cool that you you're you're supporting the underserved or the Say a little bit more about that before we wrap this up, because I think that was something that was on your heart. I know you and Amon Kunda came to get get together on that, but tell me a little bit more, a little bit more about how that came about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So Rise Health um, is our second fund. It's about a year old. It stands for Real Inclusion, Strength and Empowerment. It's looking at uh, oral systemic health links and startups within it. And it's looking for women, LGBTQ, BIPOC, and true minorities in leadership and ownership positions, right? We very much have a DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion focus. And it really came about from just looking at our data, right? About 85 to 15% is outweighed, you know, male founders to female founders, uh, you know, the dollars that they're asking in rounds and that they're getting, the valuations or the terms that they're getting, uh, you could see them all on risehealthvc.com. You know, we publish a lot of that data. Uh, it's really alarming. And we as an industry have to, you know, stand up uh, and fix that, right? That is, in, that is an area where we are largely imperfect uh, mm-hmm. and where there is an enormous amount of untapped talent, uh, you know, that we are not using, 
uh, and, and an area that is just grossly unfair. Right. Uh, and, and so that that is somewhere where, you know, we really feel it's important to support. And we feel that those the startups are, are better for it, that the, you know, the funding community is better for it, that the profession as a whole is better for it. Well, I am so proud of you. It's 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 a it's really an honor to know you and to hear the story of where you were, where you're going. And I look forward to following your career and the career that you are impacting in others in our industry. So, Jeremy Krell, thank you so much for being here today. How do people find you? I'm sure that anyone's listening. They're like, oh, I got an idea. I'm going to have to call you. How did I get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, in order to find us, whether you're an investor or a startup looking to get involved, we are open. Uh, we are actively in, you know, recruiting investors with an evergreen style fund. We are actively uh, diligencing startups uh, and making deployments into startups. You can find us at reverepartnersvc.com or risehealthvc.com. You can email me directly at jeremy at reverepartnersvc.com. Well, that is fantastic. And Jeremy, thank you so much. We're, we're heading into the holidays here. So everybody that's listening, I hope you're having a great time. And I hope that most importantly, if you're out there, that you keep doing you. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you and happy holidays.